Welcome to episode 14 of the In the Name of Service podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Barb Thompson. Here, we broadcast stories of everyday men and women who've answered a call to serve in hopes of inspiring and catalyzing the rest of us to follow suit in our own way. Today's interview is with Kelvin Gums. Kelvin is a native of San Juan, Puerto Rico, and was raised in Stillwater, Oklahoma, where I had the pleasure of meeting him and growing up with him. After graduating from high school, Kelvin entered enlisted naval service and was commissioned as a chief warrant officer 16 years later. During his time in the Navy, Kelvin has supported and led at various levels and served on board nuclear-powered aircraft carriers, an amphibious command ship, strike fighter and reconnaissance squadrons, the Pentagon, headquarters units across the Pacific Theater, National Capital Region, and a geographic combatant command in Europe. Kelvin retired from the Navy from Naval Education and Training Command as the Staff Executive Officer and Director of Administration, and now manages the online education military strategy for Purdue University. He is also a leadership performance and safety coach with CAVU International. Kelvin is married, and he's a proud father of two teenagers, and he's an avid runner. Kelvin starts our conversation by warning the rest of you that he's just a normal guy. No major heroics or death-defying feats to highlight here. You'll quickly understand, however, why I think his story is worth telling and his wisdom worth sharing. I hope you'll listen as Kelvin takes us through his experiences in the Navy and beyond, how he learned from failure, worked hard, earned his teammates' trust, and maximized his contributions. His lessons are simple but critical, and one of my favorites is that relationships matter. His call to action is simple. Be of action. There's always a path to take. I highly recommend connecting with Kelvin on Facebook, where you'll see his daily running adventures and inspiration, and on LinkedIn, where you can keep up with the leadership teams he's helping or what Purdue has to offer. Please see the show notes for some important links and more information on Purdue, CAVU, and to watch a video on Kelvin put together by Purdue University. Thank you for listening. Kelvin, welcome to the In the Name of Service podcast. I'm going to let you start us off by telling us about yourself and what you believe has led you to the place that you're at in life today. Awesome. Well, first and foremost, Barbara, thanks for having me. You know, it's an honor to be on your podcast. I'm really excited for what you're doing and what you're sharing. So it's, it's exciting and humbling that you've asked me to participate. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Let's see here. So before I get too far in answering your question, I, I definitely want to manage some expectations of the listeners, especially, <laughs> especially considering the amazing stories that, that you've shared on here. So, you know, my, my story, and I'm really actually proud of this, I think it's really the story of like a day in and a day out kind of person, right? You know, far less exciting military journey, uh, but a journey nonetheless, right? Right. So, so I guess now that we got that out of the way, <laughs> let's see here. You know, these, these days I, I like saying, you know, that I'm a husband, I'm a dad, I'm a neighbor, and I'm a veteran. And, and you know, professionally, these days, I'm still trying to figure out the right sequencing of words to explain you know, what I do, 
But but I know this, that I'm blessed to be part of some really great organizations that I, I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit. And both of these organizations that, that I'm in today are, are really trusted and, and deeply committed to serving, which is aligned with kind of what I want this new chapter of my life to be. So that's that's kind of that's that's the shortest way to answer that first question to get us warmed up. All right. That's you in a nutshell. I love it. Will you tell us more about what initially led you to serve in the Navy as we grew up? There weren't a lot of folks from you know, kind of your class or my class that went on directly to the military. And just for some situational awareness, you're very good friends, or you were very good friends with my brother and continue to be. So tell us more about that. What initially led me to serve in the Navy? You know, I, I did 22 years in the Navy. But, but simply put, like many people who enlist, and at the time in Stillwater, there, there wasn't that many, Number one, I wanted to leave home, uh, really plain and simple. I just wanted to get out of town and and find some adventure in life, you know. And the Navy was a good fit for that, right? You know, it's it, I think it's the old saying was, join the Navy, see the world, or, or the old slogan of, you know, accelerate your life, right? I, I was not a good student in high school, but I knew I, I was smart enough to know that I was not ready to succeed in an academic environment like everyone else that we graduated high school with, right? Right. So, so that was good, right? I had that much uh, going for me in terms of common sense. And, and I would also say I didn't play a sport, you know, to give me that sense of team or belonging. I was, I was part of a great group of people, but I wasn't part of anything organized to really give me that sense of team and belonging. So it made sense to, to look at the military as an opportunity for me to kind of grow. And just backing that up a little bit, halfway through my senior year or so, I signed with the Navy through, you know, the delayed entry program. Uh, which essentially is you committing yourself saying, hey, when I turn 18 or graduate, I'm, I'm out of here kind of thing, right? Yeah. So, so I remember halfway through my senior year going through the delayed entry program or DEP as they call it with a boot camp or basic training start date that started in the late summer of 2000. So that was August 15th of 2000. I left from Stillwater, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City to Great Lakes. I remember my twin brother, Michael, dropped me off at the Cowboy Plaza. You remember the Cowboy Plaza? (laughs) And that's where all the little recruiting offices were. And it was such an emotional day. You know, my dad was not happy that I joined. Yeah. My, my, My brother, my older brother and my older sister were very concerned. You know, we had lost our mom before we came to Oklahoma. So there was, you know, our family was tight. So the fact that one of us was flying the coop was was scary. And Michael dropped me off at, yeah, it was terrible. Michael dropped me off at Cowboy Plaza. Now he'll tell you, and this he'll tell you he was crying. He was very emotional. We're best of friends. We're identical twins. So anyway, off I went. But I guess I would also add that at that young age, I did have a small call or inkling to serve. There was a part of me that was fully aware of what I was what I was trying to do. Yeah. And I knew that that I had a sense that this would be very impactful for me, right? Leaving home, joining the military. So in my mind, joining and serving uh, just made good sense. So that's that's kind of how that started in terms of military service. 
And I know it's going to be hard, this next question, because 22 years is a long time, but mm. this next question is going to be a bit difficult because 22 years is a really long time. But as you reflect back on your military service, is there something that stands out, a situation or a role that you had that um, now stands out as being most meaningful to you? Sure, sure. And you're right. I mean, 22 years, a lot of experiences. And, you know, 22 years... To some, it's, it's relatively short, right? Especially when you can serve up to 30, 32, 34 years. But, you know, in 22 years, there was no shortage. There's so many uh, meaningful experiences that anyone experiences in service, you know. So, so I had the good fortune of having a lot. But let me highlight a few that, for me, immediately come to mind. Some of your listeners will catch on to this, but, you know, I had the distinct honor of making E1 twice. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so you know, while that's usually, that's always correlates with some failure, I learned a lot from that experience of being a bit of a knucklehead, you know, I was still, I still had a little too much still water in me, you know, <laughs> and, and for me, that was really meaningful because I got in trouble flat out. And in the military, things come with a little bit more higher consequence, right? So that was my first lesson in understanding in a major way that there are standards to uphold and that to serve and serve in the military is something that you have to take really seriously, right? Right. And, and so a deviation from that, you know, acceptable standard came with the consequence, right? And, and life is about choices. We make choices and in turn we make deposits right and those deposits are either in the goods or others basket right so that was really interesting for me because um it came uh it came with uh with uh with kind of a career pivoting moment right when i went to non-judicial punishment i had this sweet set of orders i was supposed to be going to naples italy oh, and nice. right i was so excited and I remember getting in trouble, and it was kind of a pretty serious thing. The article was pretty serious. And I'll never forget being there in front of um, the captain and the chief's mess, you know, the, the senior non-commissioned officer body of folks that was in the room. And, and one of the punishments was that my orders to Italy were taken from me. Oh, wow. And, and they said, you're going to the freaking fleet, you know, and they used another word, right? Um, they said, you're going to the fleet and, and, and there you're either going to make it or you're not. And I got to tell you, that was so meaningful for me because one, it was disappointment to a degree that I, uh, I, I, I still, you know, think about that. Like, wow, I could have gone to Italy right out the gate, but I ended up going to the fleet and I reported to my first aircraft carrier and I wouldn't change a thing because that's where I really learned uh, the meaning of teamwork. That's where I filled the void of not being part of an official kind of team. That's where I really learned some of the most basic lessons of, of being successful in the military. So I'm really, really excited that, that, I, that it's the way it worked out, right? I would also say, and I'll just throw two more in here, also of equal meaning is, you know, anytime that, that you earn a qualification with an operational unit, yeah. it's really, it, you know, that's really, really meaningful, right? And each service has their different insignias and qualifications and chest candy. But 
you know, anytime that you're able to, to, to earn a qualification, it's really meaningful because it's got a direct correlation to a commitment, a commitment that I made along with teammates to earning something that was meaningful. But, you know, those, those qualifications, they also come with, um, with the level of trust that's placed on a service member. And that was really meaningful as you're coming up the ranks, right? You earn a qualification. By virtue of having that qualification, you're given more responsibility. There's more inherent trust. And, you know, trust is important in the profession of arms, right? Definitely. You know, and, and, and through trust, then you can make more contributions, and I guess the last one I'll add, because I talk a lot, is, is you know, meaningful, right? It's, it's what we all kind of in the military strive to do or undoubtedly are going to have to do. And that's the opportunity to lead, right? right. You know, so, so leadership is such a, a humbling experience to either be led well or to have the opportunity to lead well. You know, so the opportunity to lead at various levels um, has always been such a humbling honor for me, you know. So you lead a team and an element of a mission, right? That That's a really grounding experience because it goes to, to, to mission success and it goes to, to just getting things done and getting after it, you know. In leadership, you, you get to make decisions based on information that's available and you make decisions based on trust that you have given to others and through trust that you've earned and all that helps inform decisions that contribute to the mission so that's always really meaningful and as you know also also seeing those that you lead achieve their successes has always been so impactful to me and anyone who's had the opportunity to lead so oh, yeah. you know i'll say I'll say that, you know, to lead is to serve and serving has always been a gift from my perspective. So so those are three things that I would highlight as as really meaningful things in, in, in my in my career. OK, well, now that we're feeling all good, I want to kind of ask you about the flip side of your military service as you reflect back on it now obviously a lot of good uh, coming through that, but what do you think has been most difficult for you, for your family in regards to your military service? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And, um, you know, those difficult experiences shape so much of who we are, you know. I think that's a question with a thousand answers, Barbara, you know, to be honest with you. But I'll, I'll take a different approach to answering this question because I think this is a really unique opportunity to, to highlight, you know, the resiliency of the military family, yeah. right? Yeah. And, mili- and military children, you know, April, April is the month of, of the military child. So I think it's a great question because it's an opportunity to talk about something that perhaps, you know, some, some wouldn't answer or answer the question with this. But mm-hmm. it may sound silly, but, you know, moving, moving was always hard, right? Yeah. Right. You know, and, and, and in the Navy, you get people that move a lot or you get people that are really fortunate and can stay in the Hampton Roads area or in San Diego or in some fleet concentration for a long time in their career. And that's not bad. Um, it's just the way that the cards are dealt, right? So, but moving was hard and I moved a lot. So, you know, it's exciting because, you know, when you move, you get to serve in new roles, right? right. Yeah. It, you experience new locations with new teammates, but but moving takes 
takes a toll on all involved, right? And and so especially with the family, right? And for my family, for Team Gums, if you will, we always enjoyed the new adventure that came with the new location. Mm-hmm. But with that with that opportunity for a new adventure, it came uprooting, leaving friends, leaving the comfort of schools, leaving uh, places that you grew to love, and that's really hard, right? So, so, yeah. so, you know, moving, it's, it's a multi-layered issue because you're trying to establish some level of comfort in your new geographical location uh, for you and your family, but you're also trying to learn a new unit, the culture of the unit, the people, the mission, also while establishing yourself as a leader um, or a teammate in a new role, right? So... I had 11 duty stations in 22 years, right? Wow. So, so do, do, do the math on that one, right? Oh my gosh. That's a lot of moves, right? And, and of those 11 moves, I had a family for 10 of those. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a lot of moving and uprooting, you know, but that difficulty, and I think Mandy would agree, it built resiliency and toughness as a family. Right. Um, it made us closer. It allowed us to reach back to our many experiences to make good decisions as a family. But also, our experiences also helped to serve by helping others along the way. You know, there's a lot of young military families that are moving for the first time everywhere you go. Right. So, so our experiences allowed Mandy and I to be not just mission-oriented leaders in our community, but also being able to serve young military families and give advice about what to expect during a move and so on and so forth. So that was interesting, right? So I definitely want to highlight that as a difficult aspect of military service. You know, military families move around daily. Yeah. Make And, and so, but, but the good thing about military families that move around and I know that you will agree with this because you've done it, but every time a military family arrives in a community, they make a community better for the most Definitely. part. Definitely, yeah. Because, because of our experiences, right? So, so I wanted to highlight that. I'll share just a few other things, and, and this one's obviously more obvious. You know, deploying is hard. Right. You know, um, you're, you're no stranger to deployments. You're no stranger to the effects that deployments can have on people. Um, some deployments are undoubtedly going to be more arduous than others. Um, but a deployment's a deployment. Um, so for me, I've done, you know, I've been assigned to three different aircraft carriers, actually on an aircraft carrier three different times. I'm a glutton for punishment, so I did the same. I, I did. I did the same carrier twice on two different assignments, but with each one of those deployments on an aircraft carrier, you know, there come the associated detachments and other evolutions um, that get you ready for a deployment, right? And then I also deployed on board um, a forward deployed ship out of Japan in support of the Tomodachi mission, which was. Uh, in support of the, the the it was the, in support of the aftermath of the tsunami and earthquakes that affected Japan in 2011. Mm-hmm. So, th- those deployments are always challenging, right? Because you're leaving family behind, you're leaving creature comforts behind, you know, and, and leaving months, leaving home rather for months, 
like so many do in service, it's difficult, right? But, you know, I, I said this earlier, the call to serve is strong, and the call to serve gets you through the difficult times, right? And, and in difficult times, I always felt that my family was really strong, yeah. but also, yeah, so, but also that, 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 that I was with people to my left and right that were all amazing. Oh, and by the way, we're all in this crap together, right? <laughs> so, so it makes it a little easier. So, you know, leaving families behind or lives, and like I said, creature comforts, it's, it's tough, but you know, it's, it's unique to what we do in the armed forces, right? And, and I, I don't know, for me, when I think about my deployments, you know, um, and others that have that have served in a variety of other operational assignments, you know, that difficulty is like a shared sacrifice, right? So it's, um, you know, that's that's kind of what I would say are some of the, the, the more challenging or difficult experiences that I had. Can you tell us about what lessons you learned from your time in the Navy? Maybe things that you don't believe you would have gotten had you gone that kind of typical path of, you know, going to school like everybody else? You know, a lot of these are just really simple, but I think they're critically important, right? So like right place, right time, right uniform, you know, those are super silly. But at the same time, I can't tell you those three simple ones how they've made me stand out already in this new world. I mean, the the basics of right place, right time, right uniform, and then even add the element of being early. Right. You quickly look around and you realize, holy smokes, like some people aren't doing this. I would also say that, that a little bit more task involved is is preparation right so one thing i learned in the military is you got to prepare i used to have an old colonel that would say you you got to rehearse in the conditions you're going to operate in right um and i used to love when he would say that right so for me preparation is key and that's in everything before a meeting uh before a conversation you got to be prepared right let's see you know i learned to trust is imperative integrity above anything else yeah um, those things are incredibly important, and they set veterans apart in many different ways, right? We, you know, we recognize, again, trust is imperative and integrity above anything else, right? So I've always um, felt really compelled to, to, to highlight the importance of those two things. I guess I would also add, you know, you will screw up. You know, we screw up every day. Um, but, but one of the things that I learned in the military, and I think it's very applicable in what I do today, and it's applicable to any time I'm having a conversation with anyone, is, you know, we're going to mess up, right? But what are we going to do to fix it, right? Mm-hmm. What, what, what did we learn, right? And then based on what we learned, are we going to relearn that lesson or relearn that mistake, right? So, you know, in the military, we give a lot of opportunity to mess up. But the question is, what do we do to fix our mistakes? And then... Did we do enough to not relearn the lesson? So that's important to me. You know, consistency wins the day. Uh, that's that's. I'm a big fan of that one. Um, discipline is a must. I would also add that humility is key. In, in the military, I always found that humility served, being humble served me well. It just served me well. I was never above anything. Every task required absolute professionalism. And I was always humbled by the opportunity to serve. And that carries me a lot today. Humility is key. You got to be well, re- you got to be well read and well researched even though I don't read as much as I should. But when it matters, I definitely take the time to read, research, understand, 
And I'll just add, asking questions is important. I learned that in the military. Speaking up is important. And I'm not talking, you know, you got to speak up when it matters. I'm not talking about being a loud mouth that's speaking up about how they don't want to do something. But it's speaking up when you know that your voice is going to be what makes the change or is going to be the difference between you know, a right and a wrong. I would add two last things. You got to be measured when taking action. Hmm. And you got to be measured when reacting to a situation. And you got to be agile in your thinking so that when you take an action or when you react to a situation, you're ensuring that the best possible outcome is is in the equation, right? right. So, you know, that's important to me. And, and you've served and supported people in very, very high-risk environment, right? And I think being measured, using the information available when taking an action or reacting to something is so important. And I want to say one last one. And I learned this, again, in in my time in service. And by the way, nothing that I'm about to say is (laughs) earth-shattering. But we have to remind ourselves that relationships matter. Yes. You know, and, and Barbara, for me, what that means is, is that we can't be transactional. You know, when, when we get the opportunity to engage with our fellow human beings, relationships matter. It, it, we can't carry on our days in our professional or personal lives being transactional in nature. You gotta pause, you gotta understand different points of view, you gotta take the time to listen, understand, to develop a relationship that's gonna afford you the ability to just be better as you move forward with others together. But but I do worry that sometimes in this high rate of speed at which we live life, that, um, gosh, life can seem so transactional. So I take a lot of time now in my new life to to recognize that relationships matter. Before we get to business, let's get to know each other. Let's establish some form of a, of a baseline relationship to understand where we're coming from so that when it's time to get busy, we know enough about each other to know that we're gonna get after it. So relationships matter, you can't be transactional. That's a long answer to what was a really simple question, but I, I think it, all the, I love it. Good, and and I think those things are all important. I just I don't know as I think about it, they're all they're all equally important. They all have a place and a time, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, that's that. Yeah, and they're all doable. Like none of it is too complex, but it's so exciting to hear that just through one career path and being exposed to multiple different types of experiences and people, you learned so many lessons. Yeah, let me let me let me let me add one thing to that. And you're right. So as as a Navy guy, I really felt fortunate, you know. I did my carrier tours, my various other operational tours. I spent a lot of time in the National Capital Region, Pentagon. I got to spend some time in Germany, Hawaii, and various headquarters. But in a lot of those situations, I served with a lot of different people from different services and different agencies. And what that does is it really helps to shape how you see the world. And you take so many wonderful things. I'll tell you, a few months ago, I was outside of Fort Bragg and... I got to reconnect with a great friend of mine. He's a, um, a former brigade commander, um, army brigade commander, one of the greatest guys on earth. I mean, just a true hero, the most humble 
guy you ever met. And so when I think about guys like him and others that I've gotten to serve with across services and agencies and locations, when I start thinking about a lot of the things that shape me, it's yeah. largely based on the people that I've had the honor of serving with, right. for, and leading. It's fascinating. All right. <laughs> Onward. <laughs> that needed to be said. It's so true. It's so yeah. true. So you recently retired, Kelvin, from 22 years of service in the Navy. And speaking of most difficult circumstances or periods of time, I mean, typically what I'm seeing with especially high performers is that that transition out from the military to the civilian world is really difficult. They might say, like, I loved everything about my service and I had no idea kind of what I was getting into getting out. So can you tell us about your experience so far? Yeah, no, great question. There's a lot to say here. Let me see if I can stay on task. And some of what I'm about to, I guess, say has already been stated, but uh, I'll start by saying it's been a journey. You know, I haven't been retired that long and it has been a journey um, and it, it hasn't been easy, right? So so I think to answer this, you got to reflect a little bit on the past. And, and so I did enjoy some relatively, relative success in the Navy, right? I, I got to experience a lot. I got to make a variety of ranks that made me feel good, that allowed me to provide for my family, you know, took me from a young enlisted to, to being able to serve as a Naval officer with some of the most amazing people in some of the most high-performing teams known to, to mankind, right? So, and again, across services. So I feel blessed that I served and that I served with great people in great places, in great missions. So when you, you think about all that and then you think about leaving it behind, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> it, it gets really, really dicey. But here we go. So December of 21, and this this will take just, uh, I'm going to have to thread this needle a little bit, a, a couple different ways, but, but December of 21, I graduated. I finally graduated college. <laughs> what, what I knew that I couldn't do out of high school, um, it took me an entire military career to to do it, but, but I graduated from Purdue University which is, you know, an amazing school with an incredible mission, which also employs me today. <laughs> but, but specifically, I graduated from Purdue Global. Um, and Purdue Global is this great school that's, that, you know, it's designed with the adult learner in mind. So Purdue Global carried me through the finish line in terms of my educational journey, right? So... Yeah, like so you were busy, you were working, you had I family. was, right, right. Pe- mo- moving and all that stuff. Yeah. So so I graduate, right? And, and that educational opportunity really kind of helped me to start thinking about the future a little differently, right? I, I had this great education from a really well-known university, and now I have that coupled with my military service, bunch of leadership and stuff so it gets me thinking about life a little different now I gotta back up now so so let me back it up it's it's now September of 2020 I report to a new assignment in Pensacola where I live today you know the Navy and any service um, 
drops you off at places, right? <laughs> so, so I'm in Pensacola working in a really unique role. I'm the staff executive officer. You know, in the Navy, you have these things called command triad. You have the commanding officer, the executive officer, and the senior enlisted leader or the command mass chief. So I'm, I'm, I'm the in-between guy. Mm-hmm. And, and you're dealing with everyday challenges of a large organization. I'm also doing this kind of director of admin, HR kind of thing. Um, really more admin than HR, but it was a big job, right? And I'm working with some really great people, learning so much from amazing people. But I start to think about my future like a little differently every day. And, and frankly, I start seeing things organizationally that, that weren't aligned with, aligned with my views on mission and leadership, right? Yeah. We, we all go to that unit. You're still committed to the work. You're still right. committed to the people. But right. sometimes, you know, at least once a week, you'll see something that's like, wait a minute. Yeah. I, that, 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 doesn't, that doesn't quite make sense to me. So, so anyway, I was about to turn 40 at that time, right? Um, and, and I start thinking it, it's, it's time for something different. You know, I'm having my little 40. I'm 40. I'm having a crisis. Um, you know, I've, I've done my time. So it was around December of 21. I was out on a run, and it was like getting hit with a brick on the head. I, I, I literally just said, I'm done. Right. I'm done. And it was time to retire. So, so I convinced myself of that. At the time, I was running a little longer distances than I do now. So I convinced myself of that decision, you know, somewhere between a four to eight mile run. Who knows, right? So, and, and you know what's interesting about this, Barbara, is that the writing was on the wall. I, w- I was going to promote to the next rank. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in the Navy, CWO4 is like 92 to 98% promotion. And... And I knew that I was going to have to deploy again, right? right. And yeah. and simply put, I didn't want to do that again. Yeah, you know, I, I I was done. I'd done it enough. And 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 I thought this was really great advice from Mandy, my wife. She says, if you're no longer willing to do what the Navy needs you to do, you know, deploy, then then it's probably the perfect time to pivot to something new. So, so a lot of discussions with Mandy, my kids, my leadership team, and then boom, um, I solidified my decision to retire and it felt good in the moment. But back to that comment that I said, it's been a journey. Right. It was stressful, Barbara. It was really, really stressful. I, like many service members, you know, I had moments of doubt, you know, I was like, I'm, this is the dumbest thing I'm doing. I'm leaving, I'm leaving the warm comfort of uncle's. Right. The, the, I'm leaving the warm comfort of Uncle Sam's blanket, right? You start having regret. You start dealing with things like imposter syndrome. Am I really able to do anything right. that I, you know, anything else? I I personally started dealing with, with what, what, you know, I, I, I learned to better understand as a full-on case of depression. Yeah. Which was really, really scary. And, and I got to tell you, it was really amazing for me to be able to quickly leverage resources on base and mental health professionals that, that can help you navigate, you know, the feelings um, that, that one's having. So, and by the way, uh, again, yeah, I you, you, because you were, well, go ahead. I mean, yeah. I mean, just to be frank, like you sound really good right and so people listening might think this guy's got it all together he always has 
and he figured it out all on all on his own but no one really does it all on their own not at all and let me tell you one thing i learned about going and speaking with someone was boy i should have done this a lot more yeah i should have done this at a number of other times in my journey so dealing with that depression there was anxiety you know and the list goes on and on and on right so i joke about it but you know we're all institutionalized to a degree in the military but it's so true and and then the stressors expand to our families too right they take on the stresses that we're feeling you know i'm feeling about i'm having feelings about how am i going to earn from my family Right. You know, you, you become consumed with searching the end of the Internet and LinkedIn for opportunities. You know, I joke, I joke that during my last year on active duty, I blew into a paper bag for a year straight. Mm. I mean, just freaking out, rattled I with anxiety. Yes. Yeah. And, and but the reality was that it was all OK. Right. I mean, so. So, it, yeah, it, it, it all is OK. You know, like you have tools you have resources that we can leverage, you know, and I use my resources, Barbara, and I'll tell you, this is a shameless plug for TAP, the VA, yeah. the Department of Labor, your local veteran service offices. You know, these are all organizations, the USO, these are all organizations with resources deeply committed to ensuring that the sons and daughters of the nation get spit out on the other end with all the tools that they need to succeed. And, and the other thing I'll say is, is that my network, right? I leveraged a great network to help me, you know, they help you navigate the decision, my, my organizational leadership, learning from others on LinkedIn, drawing inspiration from people like you, and then the love of family and friends, right? So, yeah. and, and I can't, you know, we're, none of us are alone and we're all dealing with different stressors and we can deal with things. Everyone deals with things differently, but recognizing that you have the family, the friends, the resources, you know, and, and Barbara, you know this. I'm part of a great group of friends, you know, yeah. these 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 amazing men that we support each other. We support each other to be the best version of ourselves. And that that's great. And it helps. Right. And, and also other service members, right? Oh, by the way, newsflash, you're not the only person that's separating or retiring, right? right. So, yes. so there's all these other people that have pivoted and that are now veterans and, and they have shared experiences. So it, was, uh, it, wasn't not e it wasn't easy, but in the end, I'm so blessed for how it worked out. You know, I now have, I joke around. I, I now, I'm busier, frankly, than, than I should be, you know? <laughs> Um, I, I work for, for my alma mater, and that's a really, really incredible opportunity. We have such an incredible mission at Purdue University, and then I work for, for another great company uh, called Cavu International. So I have found this great purpose shortly after my career because I researched organizations and I pursued opportunities that were aligned, that were aligned with who I am. So. Right long answer to another simple question i'm so sorry right 
And sometimes that alignment, you don't know exactly like what words to say that are say like your core values or what's the most important to you. But it's super helpful just to to talk through those things and to do the extra thought work that it takes to know what would be in alignment for you. And as you move across, you know, I do believe that you will find that if you continue to look for it. But I want to switch gears a little bit. You do some posting, obviously on LinkedIn with all the teams that you're helping with what Purdue has going on, but also on Facebook, you know, your personal account, you post a lot of honestly, just inspirational posts of you doing your daily stuff, you know, going for a run, uh, even when you're traveling, getting up, getting it done and checking it off. And it's obvious that no matter who you're with, no matter what the context is, you are a positive influence, period. And I just want to know where you think that comes from. Yeah, you know, uh, I appreciate you highlighting that. You know, I'm like anybody else. I, I struggle to be motivated and, and, and all that. But I think the only way for me to answer that question is, is, you know, I draw positivity from people. I think surrounding yourself with really good people allows you to be a very positive person. But I also draw pros- positivity from my past experiences, recognizing that there's a lot of challenging times that, that are, there's challenging times in our past, there's challenging times ahead, and I think you get a choice, right? And the choice is this, how am I gonna approach this? And it's by being positive. So I would say, I draw my positivity from people, I draw my positivity from past experiences, where I've been, and with a great deal of optimism for where I'm going, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. So, so I'll say that. I'll also say that with the with the people piece goes back to the point I made earlier. Relationships, relationships are important. Draw positivity from relationships. You know, my family, of course. You know, I have to stay positive for my family. I'm an example to my family, but it also influences how my children will pro- will, will will grow up and how they will behave in the world as optimistic, positive people. So I hope, knock on wood, right? You know, I draw a lot of positivity from my wife, Mandy. She is also a veteran. She's tough as nails. Uh, she's a great, strong supporter, right? As I mentioned, I have a great group of, 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 of guys that I surround myself with. You know, from from all the way back to high school, I think what we have is really special. I draw a lot of positivity from them. And then I've also created uh, another great, and I can't say I created it, but I've stumbled upon an opportunity to 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 surround myself virtually with a great group of of, of runners that are also from Stillwater High School. And we support and we, and we support each other, right? And and we're kind of this very kind of unlikely group that's come back together. And not only do we share about our running journey, but we share about what's going on in our lives and we get to support each other. And I think that's really cool. I'll just say a few more things in terms of where I draw my positivity is is that togetherness matters. So I think if you're gonna be in an element where there's others, you have to be positive. Um, I think that's important. For me, I think a little positivity goes a long way, you know, um, and back to your comment about posting, it, it can be a little bit of a chore for the record. Um, <laughs> um, it really can, but but what I'm realizing is this, is you never know who's reading, you never know who's seeing a post, and so the ability to share, I've come to learn that that. It's helped some people out. Sometimes I'll get a, a message in my inbox and be like, man, Kelvin, like, 
hey, thanks for thanks for posting about this thing today. It's really helped me to do one thing or another, right? So, so I don't know. I mean, I think I also share positivity because it's also a means to hold myself accountable to myself. Also, you kind of now start getting it in your mind, like, well. Someone, someone may wonder why I haven't shared something today, right? That's, that's probably a little self-absorbed. I mean, I'm sure no one gives a crap. But, but it is an, it's also being positive and sharing positivity holds myself accountable. So with the running, I'm not a super athlete. I'm not an ultra marathoner. I don't want to be a super athlete, and I sure in the hell don't want to be an ultra marathoner. <laughs> I'm just one day in, day out kind of guy communicating that that very journey right you know i'm just a normal person that shares the struggles of many um if that makes any sense and 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 my call to action is that my call to action is simple is that we have to be of action right um (laughs) um, I, i don't know how else to put it you know it's 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 one step in front of the other, it's and not I think complex. It's not complicated. Yeah. It's not rocket science. Right. Yeah. Right. And 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 um, so I see a lot of people, and you know, Barbara, a lot of people are very comfortable sharing in this in this day and age. A lot of people are very comfortable sharing a lot of things to include <laughs> to to include the struggle. A lot of people right. are on the struggle bus, right? Right. And. And I don't know, that kind of hurts me a little bit because it's like, man, we all get a choice. And I understand we're all dealing with something and our threshold for what breaks or makes us is very different, right? But again, we have to be of action, right? There's there's always a path to take. And, and I would just, you know, I think for me, yeah, I like that. And that just kind of came out. My call to action is that we got to be of action and... and and I don't know. That feels right to say, and I hope that resonates it with does. with your with your oh, listeners. Sure we have to. Yeah, and well, sitting in my seat, I've I've just honestly just enjoyed watching it develop over time, and I think your posts just bring a smile to my face. They're that simple reminder to just check it off. You know, check the box. Like you're still alive. You're still breathing. Get up. And just get going, get moving, do something. But I'm sure that even like, say, when you made that first post, you did not know, you had no idea that it would lead to reconnecting with all these people from your past and and developing like really rich relationships and even motivating other people. Because like you said, you didn't even know, you know, they were watching. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it's it's been a great journey. And um, yeah, that's very, yeah, it's cool. Let's say there's someone listening to you today and they've also felt that itch or that urge that you did as a young man, as you continue to feel now and maybe even feel exponentially now to serve, but they don't really know where or how to get started. What would your advice be for them? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good question. But um, let me just say one other thing real quick. Um, Back to that last thing we were talking about, because I, I just... I think it's it's and it goes even further back into our conversation and this has been so much fun you know consistency right but you know as as I just want to just say one other thing about it right like you know for people that are that are trying to get started in doing anything be it exercise or I don't know some hobby you got to be (laughs) right right and and being consistent in whatever it is you're doing is really really important 
And the counter to that is that complacency. And it's, and it's you know, getting complacent is just not good. So I really want to add to that whole piece earlier. Consistency is king. Complacency is not good. And, and I also say one other motivator, and I think I've wrote, written about this before, is I always remind myself that my four o'clock self or my end of day self won't be happy if I don't do what needs to be done early. And I think that that applies to anything. So I wanted just to highlight that one more time. But okay, to your question regarding like, a call to serve, how to get started. Yeah, it's an interesting question. And and service comes in many different ways, right? Mm-hmm. When, when you listen to your podcast um, and the many guests that you've had on, gosh, service comes in so many different ways. And service can impact the world, the local community, or a small group of people in so many different ways, right? So, so I guess first I would say opportunities to serve, are everywhere and they're all around us, you know? Yeah. So that's number one, right? Like they're out there and you can try a bunch of stuff. (laughs) Beyond having the call to serve, if you will, I'll use another word I used earlier, is, is that I think alignment to service is important. And I think through having some alignment to that service that we'll find more meaning in, in whatever we're called to serve in, right? Yeah. So that's one, you know, so whether it's military service or local community, like volunteer service, you know, I think you have to surround yourself with good people and people who want to serve, like-minded folks, um, and, and trying new things. You may not realize yes. you, you're, you're, you're going to, yeah, so you try something new. Try something new, and you may not realize that that new thing you tried is exactly the thing you were looking for to add further positivity into your life, right? But um, also surrounding yourself with really good people. And, and I'll just share a quick story, like as it pertains to service. And I was really fortunate, right? Because in the military, you're always serving. You're in the military service, right? But you can still serve within the military, right? Mm-hmm. So I've always kind of, and for a long time, I had the heart of a volunteer, like in a major way. And it was so fun, right? So, so I remember specifically, I was stationed in Hawaii this particular time. I had this, you know, and he, we're still good friends today. But myself and, and this guy back then, we were both E6s at the time. He's, he's now a, a master chief. He's an E9. We loved serving the Honolulu community together, right? And we didn't really know that we would enjoy ourselves in the way we did, but Barbara, we were doing like meals on wheels, driving around, delivering meals on our lunch break, and like connecting with the community in that way, getting to meet people, understanding people's journeys. We, He and I also did adopt a school, supporting these underprivileged schools in, in, in the area, which was really meaningful to be able to, to show up at a school with a team of service members further serving in their community. That was really neat doing the adopt the school because we got the opportunity to engage young kids um, and, and be an example of, of hey, there's, there's opportunities out there and, and, and that was really fun. Or hell, doing something like an adopt a highway cleanup near our base, right? Every, every, I don't know too many areas outside of a front military gate that don't need some some cleanup um, um, so yeah right so that was always fun so 
So I guess I would say look for an opportunity to make your community better, right? I think that's a great way to get started in serving. It's a great way to connect with people. But again, you know, so like for me, it was about alignment to the service yeah. and doing it. And, and again, doing it with people that would make it more meaningful of experience. And so, I don't know, it can be a lot of fun to serve. I think um, I think it's one great way to, 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 to fulfill one's life in a very, very positive way. So find alignment, do it with people you enjoy, try something new yeah. um, and make stuff better. So, so I think that's what I would say to that. Oh, and by the way, you know, for anyone who's got the ultimate calling to serve in the military, you know, find a service that that speaks to you. There's not a there's not one bad branch out there. Mm-hmm. You know, be objective in your research and align yourself with with one of the services that you feel will will speak to your call and sense of adventure. And uh, and you know, I I feel blessed that I was able to serve in uniform and and serve with so many ma- amazing people. So yeah, no service is. Uh, Service is good, and and uh, I think that's a good way to to, to finish that uh, answer to that yeah. question. Yeah, well, I think that's perfect, and I think also that that probably wraps up our conversation for today. But I'm just so grateful that you have a servant's heart, that you also had the courage and the willingness to come on here and tell us more about your story. I think. It just helps people not feel alone in some of the experiences that they've had and uh, maybe even some of the goals that they have. So and and maybe they won't share in some of our mistakes either. Anyway, I just want to thank you, Kelvin. No, you're, you're absolutely right, Barbara. And, and, and you know, I, I can talk forever. But, you know, for me, this has really been a blast. And I'm, I'm so happy that you're doing this podcast. I just think it's it's such a great platform to share these incredible stories. Um, the stories um, have been really remarkable. So, so again, I, I guess I would finish the way I started, which is, you know, I caution or advise you to, to use this recording when you run out of far more exciting stories. <laughs> Um, um, you know, but this has been amazing and I'm so happy that your life journey is, is now, uh, dedicated to, to sharing these stories because we all need a story and we all need one, two, three or four words to help us, uh, reach for that next thing. So thank you for what you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely.